All right, guys, welcome back to Driving Life. I'm Owen Trinkler, one of your co-hosts, and my other co-host, Donovan Degalau. Donovan, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing great tonight. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm enjoying this uh, great weather we're having in Nashville. The last few days has been awesome. Yeah, this is a, a lot of conversation around the weather because it's like 82 degrees, low humidity, which never happens here this time of year. So um yeah enjoy it while you can because i don't think it's here to stay no that's i've I've had the jeep out a lot and uh the beamy top off and normally i have the beamy top on during this time of year just to kind of keep the seats from being so hot but it's it's been nice to have that off and riding around town and you know enjoying it for sure yeah just a nice breeze no rain no humidity uh sunshine and what we're coming up on the longest day of the year too it's great that it's going to coincide with whether we can actually enjoy it I know. It's amazing that we're already, I mean, that we're in June, middle of June. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, just this, it, I mean, with COVID-19 going on and everything, it, this year's kind of flying by in a way. Maybe I don't, I mean, I know, I guess the world stopped for a few months, but we kept kind of moving, but man, it's like well, gosh, I think, middle, of, middle of June. And then, you know, for a lot of people, I'm sure it probably did, but you know, you and I in, in the real estate segment, I guess, um, you know, that being a, um, you know, what, what is necessary business uh, or essential business, it never really slowed, especially here in Nashville. It never really slowed down for us. It did a little bit. You know, there was a little blip on the radar, of course, which we, you would have expected, but um, it picked up pretty quickly. And, you know, now that we're, uh, you know, somewhat, and they're on the backside of this, easing a little bit of the restrictions, it's insane right now. So it is going very quick. Um, I can't believe we're halfway through the year, um, you know, with everything that's been going on, it just seems like it's flying by. No, it's, yeah, it does to me too, that we're, that we're at this time of year and, you know, it's only going to go faster, but yeah. And, uh, speaking of good weather, we actually had some pretty good racing over the weekend. Did you, um, did you catch that? I mean, it was a double header at Miami Homestead for, uh, the Xfinity series. Did you catch, you know, junior coming back and run on Saturday? So I watched what I could of that. I caught, uh, you know, the first part of it and a little bit of, you know, towards the end a junior, he was running good. I mean, when I saw him, he was up, you know, fourth, fifth place. And I think where do you, where do you end up finishing? Cause I didn't see the finish of it. I think he finished fifth, but he got the okay. lead there for a while. I think, you know, on yeah. cycle of pit stops or some stuff on the yellow and, um, stayed up front, but you know, that was pretty impressive. I mean, the younger guys that are in the Xfinity series, I mean, they get after it and they've been in those cars a bunch. And right. remember he had, he had no practice and he talked oh, about yeah. that a little bit. I saw, I caught an interview with him afterwards and you know, that he was a little bit rusty, but man, he, he hung in there. I mean, he's got great equipment at junior motorsports. But well, yeah, man, it was still, still a good run. I mean, he was ahead of some of his teammates there. For well, that's what it was funny. Cause the part of the broadcast that I was watching was, uh, uh, you know, he was coming up on Gregson, I think. I don't, I don't remember. No, it was um, Algar, and you know they were like the boss is right behind you. Let him go. You know, don't. Yeah. We're early in the <laughs> yeah. race. Just uh, let him go right on by. And I thought it was for like fifth place. So I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like he was chasing the back of the field. Like, Junior was right up front, and it was funny because I heard a, a, a piece of an interview when he was talking about, you know, because of the way they're they're not testing, they're not doing anything. He's like, literally, I'm going to fly to the racetrack. I'm going to get there about an hour before I have to take a rental car. Uh, I'll get there about an hour before I'll change into my driver's suit in my car and walk in and jump in. The, I mean, 
I just was blown away by that comment that, you know, he hasn't been in a car for, for quite a while. Um, no practice, no nothing. He literally walks from the parking lot, jumps in the front seat and takes a green flag. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Go straight there. No practice, no nothing. Yeah. And, and goes to Miami Homestead, which is a, a really cool track. We, we used to race there on the road course, but we ran a lot of the oval mm-hmm. and uh, it's probably one of my favorite kind of roval tracks that, um, that we used to race at because we the infield was a little challenging and then we got to run all the way down we basically come out at nascar two and run all the way down the back straightaway mm-hmm. all the way through three and four so you actually set your car up a little bit for the oval and you know you kind of run the mid to high line like those guys are running there and and had your you know we ran some packers on the right rear to help it get through there so that's that's a cool track i love it and the tire fall off is just unbelievable there yeah i mean and it was again you know, NASCAR, I've heard some drivers talking about this. Maybe the new thing, I think Kyle Busch was saying, you know, at first I was really not a fan of, you know, not qualifying and, you know, not practice and that kind of thing. He goes, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, racing Wednesdays and, and Sundays and, you know, give me a 15-minute practice just to get the, you know, to shake the car down a little bit, make an adjustment, and then let's throw the green. So I think he's kind of digging it. And I'm telling you, you know, we're seeing some good racing. If you look again, you know, you go back and look at how the, the finishing order, of course, Homestead Hamlin just railed the field, um, yep. you know, and, uh, but you got Ryan Blaney, you know, Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick. Did you see him? Oh yeah. He had a great race. Oh, he was flying. That was awesome, man. I, I wanted to see him get a little bit higher up uh, and maybe even win it, but you know, Tyler Reddick, Eric Almarola, you know, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell, William Byron, Brad Kay. And, you know, honorable mention in 11th place, Clint Boyer. Your boy. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> yeah. but those He's are hanging some, around. He's hanging around. You know, there's some good racing going on here. You know, we talked a little bit, I think, uh, either last week or a couple of weeks ago that maybe, you know, I was a little bit worried that maybe some of these other teams, you know, these bigger teams, JGR and, and Hendrick and whatnot, would maybe just run away with it the more time they got on the track. And that's just not happening. It's This is really some good racing going on. It's awesome. No, I think there's definitely um, some good good battles going on. And, and one reason, I mean, just from being in the driver's seat, you know, and, and long weekends, I mean, these guys cherish their time at home. And that's mm-hmm. what we, I think we talked in a couple earlier intros that I was kind of like, hold on here a second. I think these guys might like it yeah. because if I can fly in and just like, okay, here's the car. And especially if you know you got a team that's got the information there that you're going to be okay. Um, it's not a bad thing because I cherish every, I mean, obviously I've got, we have gotten a lot of time at home here lately, right? but to, you cherish those moments of being at home. And a lot of these guys got young kids, you know, like myself, and you just want to be, be there as much as you can be. Well, and when this in the schedule, the way it used to be, you just, you were gone. A oh, ton. Well, that's just it. I mean, you were 36 week, you know, weeks out of the year and not to mention, so you really, it was you know closer to 40 by the time you figured in, there was a couple of bye weeks there, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, you know, that's seven eighths of the year, you know, three quarters of the year that you're gone traveling on the weekends. You know, you get back on Monday, you do some team meetings, you have maybe, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then you're headed back out to the next one. Yeah. Cause you had sponsor obligations to go to before the yeah. race. And I'll say that those are probably not happening right now. And I mean, when we kind of get back to some, you know, over the COVID thing that we're going to be, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some adjustment to it, but I think they've hit on something 
with this kind of midweek to doing a Wednesday night race and then, you know, doing limited, you know, no practice and drawing for qualifying. It'll be interesting to see, you know, next year, if, if we kind of make this hurdle over COVID-19, what NASCAR does. And, yeah. you know, in the coming weeks, I think we're trying to work on getting uh, Dover Motorsports on. It talked about, you know, the National Super Speedway being back on. We'll have to ask them kind of what information they think about this, like these midweek races and how it affects the tracks. Is this a good thing or, or are they not really digging it because they want the weekends to be stretched a little bit more back to where they used to be? And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting because, I mean, logistically, obviously, it's it's quite a bit different. But I'm, I'm you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, at least when you hear drivers talking about this, you know, they love that Wednesday night short track. Sundays you get the big tracks, you know, and uh, you know the 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 big ovals and that kind of thing. So I think mixing it up like this is, and I mean, you can speak to this, of course, but you know, guys just want to race, right? I mean, let's let's do this. Yeah. Let's go. Oh yeah, that's all you want to do is race. So that's that that would be cool if if we get the. Obviously, we got the super speedway coming on here in Nashville back on next year. Yep. Now we just got to add the fairgrounds. So, but to me, what I would do, because I love Saturday night short track racing, I go Wednesday night, a little bit bigger track, Saturday night, let's go to the short, short track, let's go fairgrounds. Yeah, like do the, super speedway, yeah, Wednesday, and then go to short track. <laughs> well, that's the way. I mean, as a kid, you know, growing up in Rockford, Illinois, I mean, we had, we went to the, you know, the Rockford Speedway every Saturday night, you know, from, well, really from the time school got out till you, early October, you know, they push it as far as you could up in Northern Illinois. I mean, we did that for years and years and years on Saturday nights. It was what we did. It was a blast. Loved every minute. Yeah. So yeah, I could, I could totally see that. I, I think, I think it's a, you know, this, the, you know, you always look for the silver lining, right? COVID. And it was just a bummer to begin with. And you know, you hate what's happening and, but it's really, it's really prompting people to reinvent whatever normal used to be. And people are thinking yep. outside the box. What can we do differently? How can we do this in a different way? And I, I'm seeing some really cool stuff come out of that. Yeah, it, it is. And it, it's been great for the fans, you know, the race fans. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was um, just some good action going on. They had to Talladega this weekend. So it'll be, be interesting. And, and maybe I don't know how much you caught of the race on, um, on I guess it was really Sunday night because they had a lightning storm. Yeah which that's part of NASCAR's rules because we're emphasis under the NASCAR banner. And I think we had Watkins Glen last year and road America were in the same boat. It wasn't raining at the track, but it was lightning strikes. I think it's a 10 mile radius yep. Yep. Um, within the track, which obviously road America is a huge track, which you've been there. Yep. Um, we sat, you know, for, I think we delayed it at least an hour, you know, sitting on pit road. So NASCAR will not do anything if what my, you know, lightnings within 10 miles. So that's why they kind of got delayed, but they kind of went, into prom time. And the one thing I, I don't know if you saw, obviously Logano and Elliot got together at yes at Bristol, man. I, I, I mean, I give it to chase. I didn't, I, I would love to get an interview with him after that race or see an interview. Logano was lapsed down and yep. almost spun him out yep. going into turn three. I mean, I'd have had words with that dude. I mean, after that, I mean, I can see that if, you know, he's on the lead. It's like, sure. If they're situation. battling for position. Sure. Position, yeah. But I mean, he was lapsed down. Yep. Wasn't going to, I mean, he could have affected his race so much. And luckily he caught it. Um, oh yeah. And, and Homestead's a fast track. Oh. I mean, you just don't, you just don't mess with that. Well, and you yeah. got no grip. I mean, like you said that, you know, the tracks rough on tires and 
Um, yeah, so I, you know, and it was a little bit of a bummer because I, you know, toward the end there, I thought Chase had a chance. I mean, he got past Hamlin for what a lap, maybe a lap and a half, something like that, and then just you know, then he took it back. But um, you know, and then he comes up there and just kisses the wall and ends his, you know, ends the night. Uh, you know, second or well, yeah, second place. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, still had a good run, but just, sure. uh, I just didn't know if you saw that. I mean, I oh, saw yeah. the replay of it. It's just like, man, that is not, there's no place for that. And, you know, in my mind, especially being lapsed down and trying to sort of retaliate that I'm here and, right. you know, not, that's just nothing sort of uncalled for. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. Did you watch any Martinsville? I did not. I didn't get to on, on Wednesday night. So I know, yeah, because we, yeah, we were on just before that, so I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it. But Truex, I guess you know, yeah, got it done there. Yeah, it was nice to see him get back in the winner's circle. Um, he's one of you know he's another sentimental favorite of mine because the guy had such a you know such a rough path really to to get to where he was and when he won his championship and and all that kind of stuff. So I'm a I'm always uh, you know pulling for Martin. Of course, now he's in you know he's in top-notch equipment every week so he's always got a shot at the win but um you know that was that was a lot of fun to watch no that's always good to see him i, I kind of pull for him because he was with uh the team out of denver there for so many years and yeah. then they you know, won won the championship and then uh, the team uh went away um but at least he ended up in a good ride you know with yep. uh joe gibbs and stuff so it's good to see him back winning yep. and got some news out of emsa you know which is nascar owned um First race coming back is at uh, Daytona and Fourth of July weekend that they're actually gonna, you know, allow some local Florida fans in the track. Yeah, yeah, I I, I saw that. What is it? Five five hundred? Correct me, right? Is that right? Five hundred fans. Five thousand. Five, oh, five thousand. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, 5, yeah, yeah, Local local residents and yeah, got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna let them, you know, in the front, you know, grandstands there, and then you know if you camp. They're going to open up the campgrounds yeah. and and uh, turns one and two on the on the oval side and which is still a great viewpoint from that area because you can see the infield when they come down the infield. But I think if you're what I've seen online is you got to stay sort social distancing in your yep. camp area and not kind of roaming around. But good to see you know that we're kind of like you know starting to tread water a little bit and and get the fans back back at the track. And they had a little bit at Homestead too. I guess they yeah. had. Maybe that's with 500 to 1,000 where we're in the Maybe that's what it was for this one. Yeah. 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 And that was local military, you know, people there. So that was cool to see. Yeah, that was really cool. And it was kind of funny that when you watch the broadcast, you see the, and and of course, you know, social, I mean, they were, they had the whole, the whole place to spread out. So, you know, 500 people looked like 15, you know, the way way everything was spread out. But, uh, you know, it is a good start. It's, um, you know, it's encouraging, you know, you want to be better safe than sorry. So I'm all, I'm all for it. Let's take our time. We'll get back into it. Yep. That's right. And then, uh, then we've got some cool things going on as you know, just, uh, with driving life, we got some new swag that we're working on. Yep. Um, I don't think we've got, I think we've got the shop button up on the website at drivinglife.com, but I don't, there's probably nothing on there. Is that correct? Donovan, but soon to be. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a loaded yet. So, you know, Owen and I have been, we've got a couple of different logo options that we're, you know, working on and just trying to find quality, 
you know, shirts and hats and, and, you know, find the right way, right sizes, perspective, you know, proportions and, you know, just that kind of thing. So yeah, we're kind of messing with it. We'll, we'll, we've already sent some teasers out. We'll, we'll do some more of that. And then, um, you know, when we, when we get it all dialed in, you know, we'll put it up on the site and, you know, give everybody an opportunity, which is, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's kind of cool for me. You know, I told my wife, I'm like, this is like, I'm like a kid living a dream here, you know, and it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much fun. I'm, you know, I'm a fan of motorsports. I get to talk about it every week now and, you know, hang out with you and, and, uh, you know, all of our great guests that we have on this show, which is, I just sit back and let them, and I just listen. Right. It's, it's funny. Um, I was telling one of, we have a friend in from out of town and, and she's been in radio forever and ever and ever. And so we were kind of talking a little bit about, you know, the fact that I'm not a professional broadcaster and, and whatever. And I said, you know, I, I get caught up in the, in the conversation and I'm listening to somebody tell a story and they'll stop talking. I'm like, Oh wait, I got to say something. You know? It's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. It's me that you're looking at, uh, you know, whatever. So, um, but man, is it, is it been a lot of fun? You know, one other thing that I want to touch on here, uh, you know, over the weekend. So driving life is not just about, you know, going to races, whatever. I, um, you know, my, my big blue truck, my, my one ton Chevy, uh, had a little bit of a brake issue. So I had to put new brake shoes on drum brakes over the weekend. And, you know, I'm not much of a mechanic. I got it done and I think it's safe. I drove it home. Um, but, uh, man, that was a, that was a lot more work. I mean, I'm sure a professional would, would be able to do that in no time. It probably took, I bet. And I kid you not. 10 hours at least at least I had at least eight hours on Saturday and a couple hours on Sunday. <laughs> well, you got it done. I mean, it I did funny story, but well to get why you had to put brakes on it. So everybody, <laughs> he picked, he, he picked the skid steer up that I had in my property, just nor- or Northwest of town. And, uh, you got it back. Okay. On the trailer, but I forgot to mention, and I probably needed brakes anyways, but I hold it on my, you know, half ton, uh, to get it there. And then I took my, car into the shop it needs some stuff done not a transmission line oil cooler line um leaking and so i got that fixed and they called me while i was gone and said hey uh you know you need new front brakes here and i'm like oh yeah i probably do after <laughs> that skid steer <laughs> yeah so so i forgot to mention that too when you were texting me about your brake job that yeah, <laughs> I, just got, I, I had to get one last week so <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah it was a it was a bit of a comedy of errors i guess the trailer was a little bit small the truck needs brakes but you know what i mean it's it's a learning process right so yeah um, right. we got her home it was all good but that's what that's what we do here at driving life it can't all be track days and nascar races no that's right <laughs> gotta do some do some work on the machines and um yeah. and so this week everybody you know this is going to be part two with uh, mr bob ingram from the ingram collection and the one thing you're going to hear in here is that, and I thought it was probably the coolest thing ever when we, and it's a car diving that I haven't seen. I, I've been over there. I can't tell you how many times to work, you know, for Bob and the, the Porsche Continental. I thought that was the coolest thing. And we talk about that in this part too, that it's the only Porsche to ever have a bench seat. And then they had to change the name. Um, yeah, the because old, Ford, Ford, the, Ford, Ford wasn't happy about it. Yeah. The cease and desist from, from Ford motor company, company uh, yeah. can't, can't, can't do that anymore. I was like, all right, whatever. But, uh, you know, it, it makes for, you know, like everything we do here, it makes for a great story. And, you know, to hear Mr. Ingram 
you know, talk about his car. I think that was the, the, the coolest thing for me. You know, again, we get to see a lot of great cars and, you know, in, 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 but to watch him as you're walking through there, you could just see him look at a car and instantly he had a story, you know, I mean, he knew every nuance about that car, where it came from, why it was important, why it was important to him, you know, whatever, or, or the, you know, like we talked last week, the family that, that entrusted him to be the caretaker, you know, in this part of the journey of the car. And, you know, that's, that's what is fun about this. And, you know, the second half of this podcast um, that we're going to listen to is, you know, much, much more of the same. And we just, you know, just let, let Bob talk and sit back and enjoy the ride. That's right. So everybody enjoy Mr. Bob Ingram uh, part two and uh, we'll talk to you here after the episode. There, there's another car that we didn't talk because the other 959 that you had got yeah. um, hurt in the fire right. or the explosion. Yeah. And there was a white one here yeah. that, that's in this collection now yeah. too. I mean, what, what the backstory about that? Cause Not, actually Porsche wants that. They, yeah, they, they yeah. wish they had had that car. Yeah, right? We had a, as, as I think many people in your audience know that, Porsche's first real supercar, as far as a street legal car, was the 959, built in 1987-88. They built 337 of them. Uh, 308 of those were what they called the Comfort Edition, and it was it, w- it was by its very Comfort with a K. Uh, it, by the very nomenclature, it was a, uh, albeit very fast car, 200 mile an hour car, all wheel drive, twin turbo. Yeah. Uh, but it had air conditioning it, it, and leather upholstery. And they built 29 959S models, which did not have air conditioning or radio. Uh, and uh, factory installed roll cage. And they're rare. That's well, super rare. Rare. 29, yeah. and of the 29, four were painted white. And as you said, uh, our 959 Comfort model, which was damaged but not heavily after the fire, I had always wanted an S, and I'd missed several of them. And to make a long story short, a family in Germany uh, had owned this car since it was new, and uh, the owner, husband, father passed away. And they contacted our dear friend Rolf Springer, who started what is now the exclusive department at Porsche, then called Special Wishes, to help to ask him to help find the right home for the car. And we got the call. Cam flew over to Germany, saw the car, said, Dad, it's absolutely got to get it. Got to get this. <laughs> and uh, subsequently, we had some visitors here from Porsche in Germany, and they came to uh, visit us, and uh, they saw the car and made the comment, we should have never let that one get out of Germany. And so, <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Well, you know, when, when we were fortunate enough when we were over there uh, earlier today to pop the, the deck lid and take a look at the engine, and it's a – Phenomenal yeah, car. Yeah. It's really, really amazing just to look at. Well, for my generation, you know, uh, even though I was in the, in the 80s, I was obviously an adult. But a lot of teenagers or even young, young, primarily boys we or men, we'd have on our bedroom wall sure. e- either oh, yeah. the 959 or the or Diablo Count, or the Countach, Countach, or, Countach or, yeah, yeah. or the F, or I guess, no, in 80, it would have been the 288 GTO because that was the car that, Right. The Ferrari. When you think about Porsche and Ferrari and their rivalry, both on the racetrack and in the in the, in the marketplace, uh, the 959 really went against 
kind of the F the F forty. The Carrera GT went against the Enzo, and now the nine eighteen Spider went against the La Ferrari. Right. Uh, I think someone told me that every 10, 15 years, they both get in a testosterone contest. (laughs) (laughs) But but both companies, to their credit, and I thought the movie Ford versus Ferrari was a great movie, but Ferrari, like Porsche, built its reputation on the racetrack. Absolutely, yeah. And Porsche particularly built its reputation on endurance racing. They may not have been the fastest car at the start of a 24-hour race, but, but they, they were there at, at the tw- at the, end. the end. end. Yeah. 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 And that's what, I mean, I don't know that we planned it this way, but it seems like we've been on a Porsche run lately. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, but uh, let me but say, I, think it's I a I testament admi- to the brand. In I, the I admire all, I, I, obviously Porsches are our favorite, if you will. But I, gosh, I admire, I grew up in the Midwest again. I love muscle cars. I, I love, uh, I think Ferraris are beautiful. Uh, I, I like I, I love Jaguars, uh, so. Yeah, I just we just have been talking a lot about the the engineering and the reliability yeah. and the uh, you know that goes into Porsche yeah. and the, and the evolution of the nine eleven over fifty years is it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I don't know that there's another brand product where even if you go all the way back to Gamun in nineteen forty nine and we have a Gamun. And you see that shape, and you now the car's gotten, as we said today, a lot bigger. Yeah, it has. Right. But the 911 is the 911 shape, and it, it, it you can see the 356 evolved to the. It's you know it's a tub. Yeah. Uh, now it's a bigger tub today and a faster tub, and uh, but uh, at my age, it's a lot more fun for me to drive the old cars relatively fast than to try these new fast cars relatively slow. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. it'd be the, we talk about this a lot, you know, when you drive it, I mean, in saying that, is that because you just kind of feel like windows are down and yep. the radio is not really on, but you hear the engine yep. and you're shifting the gears? Is that, oh, kind of, yeah. is that what it is? Uh, we, we, like most uh, communities where you've got a Porsche group, we get together virtually most Saturdays and we go take a drive. You know, we've got some great roads around here. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're not out racing. We're, we're just exercising the car. Right and uh, even during this uh, pandemic period, uh, it, you can do that and still maintain social distancing. Sure. And it's a way to, 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 A, exercise the car, which they need to be, as we said earlier, and then, two, to enjoy some fresh air and friendship. Yeah. Yeah, the community yeah. is, because we talked about that a lot as well, that, you know, just to, driving days getting together with some some guys on a saturday morning and going out for a you know a cruise somewhere uh, i think the other thing that uh, and I, I mentioned this because i know you both live in nashville one of america's great cities uh and just as you you had your display at your nashville art museum mm-hmm. uh, we did with porsche's help a porsche display at the north carolina museum of art and my wife Jeannie, who's been on the art museum board for 20 years at that time uh, we had been privileged to help lead the expositions for a Rembrandt exhibit, for a Monet exhibit, and, they, and a Rodin exhibit. They were all successful. And when they came to us to ask, should, could we do a Porsche? Could we do a Porsche exhibit? Our, my first response is, well, yes, but if we're going to do it right, we really need the company. 
And to Porsche's credit, they stepped up. They sent eight cars from Stuttgart who had never left Stuttgart. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's the, a lot. The that show. The, and, and Mr. Hendrick, again, Rick was a huge benefactor of that show. The show was supposed to run three months. It got extended to six months. They broke every attendance record. <laughs> and the nice thing is while a lot of men came to see the cars, some of them came and saw an art museum. And, and there will right. be a percentage of them right. that say, hey, this is a neat place. Isn't that so yeah. 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 And and cars, in my personal view, biased as it is, are art. Oh, it's I rolling know. sculpture. Sure. And... Uh, Especially the old ones. Yeah. Uh, oh, to yeah. me. I yeah, mean, I I mean the new ones are, but I mean, to the. No, I, I, I mean, mean, you look at the 550. It's the simplest design. That's, I was just yes. going to say yeah, that yeah. 550 is yeah. outstanding in its simplicity. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful car. It is. And I, it's one of my favorites. And as you said, Donna, it's a very simple design. Yeah. You can see, I don't know that they had wind tunnels in 55 I, or 54. No. I doubt if they did. No. But they sketched that car to be aerodynamically efficient. Well, you know what struck me about that, seeing it for the first time in person? It, it looks like for the cockpit, like they, they created the, the sculpture of the car. Yep. And then they said, okay, the cockpit's got to go here. So I, let's cut this <laughs> Let's cut this out right like here. Like let's a hole. Let's put it right how, yeah. could we, how, how can we most efficiently fit two people <laughs> yeah. in here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. the impression I got with it yeah. because it, the, the line flows right yeah. through and over and around that and um i still think the, the, the uh, you know i i hoped someday i could have a corvette i ended up getting a corvette later with mr hendrick's help a 58 fuely that I, I i think those series one cars and even of course the 63 split windows mm-hmm. uh, are legendary i think those are still some of the prettiest uh, pieces of art yeah 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 i just i'm Listen, if, you, if you're going to park a car in front of me, I'll talk about it. Uh, here, here. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm good with them all. Yeah. No, I, might, I mentioned Studebaker. My great uncle, my grandmother's brother, worked in South Bend for Studebaker. And I can remember in 1956 or 7 going up to visit him, and he had just taken delivery of a new Golden Hawk. And I thought that was just one of the neatest cars I'd ever seen. Oh, they were so over yeah. the top. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's where they – I mean, they. I don't know if they ushered in that era of that extravagance, but certainly they were – Know, leading with that yeah that design mantra right right the 550 what because we saw it today yeah. i mean original paint i mean and talk about some of the stuff that it's actually well it's it, you know brought home yeah the, fi- wise. the 550 is uh it was per- porsche's first real race car so to speak i mean they did race some of the gamun sl coupes and they raced uh, well america roadster actually was its first car but the 550 uh, was nicknamed the giant killer because uh, it was small relatively speaking very lightweight all aluminum uh, with a four four cam engine that probably produced 110 115 horsepower and it ended up beating you know much more higher horsepower cars Uh, they made 90 of them Uh, no one knows exactly how many are left they were all raced. Yeah. Uh, we're privileged to be the caretakers of a couple of them. And uh, I've learned through CAM a number of lessons, and that is they're only original once. And uh, when I started out with this hobby, every time I'd, we'd get a car and I'd see, you know, a paint chip or something, I'd say, we need to fix that. And I've now learned, no, we don't, uh, that the more original they are. And I think that's healthy for the hobby in that there was a period of time where at 
particularly the the top shows, Pebble Beach, Amelia mm-hmm. Island, uh, to name the two. Amelia opens the season and Pebble kind of closes it. Uh, but there was an emphasis on over restoring. Right. Yeah. They were probably not that good from the factory. Good from yeah. the factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I think correctly, in my view, the the emphasis is swung back to original and preservation. Now, have they, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but have they added a class for, you know, for, for keeping it original, whatever? Because you mentioned the patina when we were looking right. at the car, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's not even well, close it dep- to perfect. I, I, think but- it de- I think that depends, Donovan, on which show you go to. Uh, uh, I know from our past experience at the Porsche Club of America, which is a wonderful organization at their parade every year, uh, they do have separate classes for preservation versus full restoration. And that's fine. Sure. Uh, I think at Pebble Beach uh, and, at, and, and at Amelia, they, they, want, they appreciate a restoration, but rather than having it over-restored, they'd like to see it restored back to as close to its original patina as you can. Which is actually probably more difficult than oh, it to is. over-restore it. Cam would be the first to tell you that's sure. more of a challenge. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's good. I love that. You, I mean, I appreciate both of them. But after, you know, seeing, because for a long time, you never heard about, uh, you know, the the preserving, the preservation of a car. It was always, let's, a barn find, clean it up, and restore it. Yep. And now it's it's a barn find, let's clean it up get it mechanically exactly where it's at and leave it alone exactly um, exactly that is really yeah cool i mean we're, we're we're looking forward fingers crossed to having this wonderful porsche event called luftecult yeah uh here in november the first weekend in november uh patrick long and howie idelson and jeff swart put this together and it's phenomenal it's it, luftecult roughly translated means air-cooled and it's a gathering of Porsche uh, of 1998 or earlier, since that was the end of the air-cooled mm-hmm. 911s. And uh, I think, uh, based on my sense of the past Luftecult shows, and we'll have 25,000 people coming to this, while there will be some great, beautiful 911s, 356s, there will be at least one or two barn vines right. that have been left alone. And they'll get as much attention, if not more oh, than, yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. say more. Yeah. I mean, after looking yeah. at yours today, because yeah. I've seen the other one yeah. at, at a show up in Cincinnati. Yeah. That that original know, 550. The, the original, the looking at the original paint and everything. It's, uh, yeah. And knowing it was raced. Yeah. Too. And it yeah. survived. Yeah. yeah, you know, the, so the first thing that caught my eye in this, this morning when we looked at that car, there's a little, tiny little ding right in the front where, the yeah. ro- where it rolls over yeah. right in the front. I'm like, that. <laughs> See, to me, that just... Yeah, that's everything yeah. right there. Yeah, no, there's no, and I and, and that's been a that's been a journey for me to learn and appreciate that. Yeah, because yeah. I think we were talking about the nine twelve yeah. that you, you spoke about earlier, yeah. a couple of stone chips yep. in the front of it, but it's original yeah. and yeah, they're staying. Yeah, as soon as I saw that after we were entrusted to be its caretaker, I said, "Cam, we need to paint that." Hood. <laughs> Instead, we're not touching that hood. So, <laughs> while we're on the on the subject of uh, you know specking a car and and you know original and that kind of thing, several of the cars that we looked at in your collection, I love the different interiors and right. the different materials that you can have. Yeah. And the nine twelve, I think, has that tartan plaid yeah. uh, luggage, luggage set. Yeah. and it, which is unbelievable. It caught my eye yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, it, 
tell me about how does that how does that process work when you're specking a car? If you're buying a new car, yeah, um, what do you look for? And, and what do you well, try to do? That's, that's a great question. And I'd probably just as well my wife isn't here because she says <laughs> watching me spec out a new Porsche in this case is worse than any woman choosing a dress. Uh, I love to make it, and again, I'm blessed. I love to tailor a car uh, and make it, if you will, a personal car. And to Porsche's credit, of course, it's they're like a high-end steakhouse. It's a la carte pricing. You know, you want cream spinach? Fine, it's 15 bucks. Right. You know, you, you, you want plaid seats? Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but it's, and, and, and I respect that. But I, I, I love to pick out colors that are tasteful, in my opinion, but, but unique. Uh, and, and then I think, and Porsche is really good at this, as are other Manufacturers, but Porsche really excels at this. It started out as Special Wishes, now it's called Porsche Exclusive. If you're patient and you're willing to pay, they will let you really personalize a car. And uh, that's been, for me, uh, the, the, the process of doing that. We, we're our new 991 Speedster, which should be arriving here sometime, I guess, late June. It, it's probably the last one they're going to make. We did a very unique color uh, and uh, did a lot of stuff on the interior. And uh, that, to me, is part of the fun. Uh, so along those lines, the 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 911, I think, was it? Is it the R, the one that's is? Yes. So that you've got the historic version yeah. and then the new version of that. Yeah. And, and that was all spec from the factory. So the orange hood and the to match the other yes. one. Because I'd love to see those nose to nose. That, that's got to oh, be a In fact, we're going to, I think. I think the plan is to have those nose-to-nose in Atlanta uh, sometime in the near future. That would be We're privileged to be caretakers of uh, the number 00367R. They made, uh, they made 24, four prototypes and 20 production cars. We have number 003, and uh, we have a 991R, number 003, and we had it at spec at the factory in light ivory, which is with an orange hood, which matches mm-hmm. the, the 67R. We haven't put all the decals on the new one that were on the old one, although I, I love decals. So, uh, <laughs> would, uh, are you would you are you gonna do that? Or I is think it I think we, I, I th- no I think I, I, this is this is a back and forth between myself, Rory, and Cam, and Jeannie as to how many stickers we put on the car. But I, I think if, I mean the '67 R is a race car. I mean, it, it while it's street legal, it's not a it, car. It, it was on the track. Yeah, right? it, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's so loud, and it's not a car you can go out and take out on a Sunday and go to church in. Right. But the new 991R is just that. I mean, it's a great car. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we'll probably end up putting some of the decals on. Yeah, I think you'll win out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are decals. I was yeah, going to say, they are decals. You can take they can them back off. off. Yeah, they they yeah. are decals. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come off. Yeah. You, you were just talking about the Speedster, uh, and you've got a black one in the collection. Oh, yeah. Story behind that. Yeah, because it really wasn't going to be black at first, no, was no, it? No, it was not. Uh, <laughs> and I'll make it, again, short for your audience. Uh, we In our collection, we have uh, all the 911 Speedsters, the 89, the 94, the 2010, and then this 2020 that's on its way. 
and uh, when they came out in, ni- in 2010 with the 997 Speedster, uh, they made 356 examples, uh, picking up on the 356 mm-hmm. history. And you could basically order it in two colors, blue or white. And we had a we have a red 89 Speedster and a yellow 94 Speedster. And uh, I wanted a black one because I just thought with the German flag, which is red, yellow, black, and the Porsche crest, which is red, gold, yellow, and black. Uh, well, I asked for this, and they said, basically, no. Not basically. They said no. No. <laughs> yeah. and, no. And... No. and in a very kind way, let me know that I was lucky to be getting one of the 356, <laughs> which they're right. So to make a long story short, I, I did ask the Detloff, who was then head of uh, Porsche Cars in North America, if, uh, what the color of the German flag was. And of course, he wanted to know why I wanted to know. I just said, well, out of curiosity. Well, of course, he, he quickly said red, yellow, black. And I said, look, what's about the crest? And at that point, he knew where I was going. <laughs> so they... He called me back a couple of days later and said, okay, we'll paint it black, but it will cost you extra. And that's vintage Porsche, too. You know? right. yeah. Whereas Henry Ford said you can have any color as long as it's black. black right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. You're going to pay yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're a very successful company, uh, and, uh, and I, I respect that. But that comes back to the relationship aspect of it. Again, it does. If you had not fostered that, and been a good steward, uh, you know, for the for the brand, and that may not well, probably and, they probably would have yeah, told you no. And, and, and again, I, 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 thank you. I, as I said, the cars are the stars. We're fortunate to be caretakers, and I hope that we are in a modest way ambassadors uh, for the brand. Mm-hmm. I think you you start out as a consumer. Of, if you go down this rabbit hole, you become a collector, you become a connoisseur, and and. And but as you traverse that journey, you need to use and enjoy the cars. Right. And uh, I have I have some great friends who have marvelous collections, but they don't. They mainly let them sit, and and that's their choice. Uh, I, I I I I won't name any names, but a good friend of mine was telling me one time how he had this this Porsche. And it was over 25 years old, and it had less than 100 miles on it. And, and I he was thought, probably happy about it. Oh, he was thrilled. Yeah. And, and by the way, the car was sitting there perfect, as sure. much as a car can ever be yeah. perfect. But, you know, I, I, I thought if that car had a soul, uh, it would be saying, please use me. Sure. You know. Yeah, we have a, a gentleman not too far from, actually he's about five miles from our house, um, and you know Yanko Camaros? Yes. Oh, so yeah. he's got every color, 21. Wow. Um, and, and he's the same way. He he runs them once a month. He starts them. The, he's got a couple of mechanics that work yep. there, and uh, they take them out and, and drive them. And, um, Yanko was a Chicago-area dealer, wasn't he? Or no, Pittsburgh. Was. I was going to say, wasn't he just a, a more east? East, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember Yanko, Yanko but, Chevrolet. Yeah. yeah. And Yanko yeah. Camaros. Yeah. 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 And they're they're all you know, original cars right. and, and whatever. It's, it's fantastic. It's, and he's the same way. He's not, it's not open to the public. He's just in a nondescript, it's behind a gas station locally. Yeah. Um, and he does some events there as well. We've been to some fundraisers and, That's great. and dinners and that kind of thing. And it's, um, it is great to walk in there. And, but the thing, you know, he drives them, yeah. you know, and, and, and gets them out and uses them for what they're, 
designed, you yeah. know, their intention was, um, which I think is fantastic. Well, it's, again, it's, uh, it's a way to not only exercise the car, but you meet a lot of nice people along the way. Right. Yep. 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 No, you do. Um, and, um, we were walking through the collection today. One that kind of caught my eye, I mean, um, obviously from the race side right. of it, but this is not a really a race thing. It was the bench seat in yeah. the Continental. Oh, yes. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, in, I mean, looking at that car, I don't yeah. think I've seen, because I've been in, in the other, you know, right. where the building was, right, so I right. haven't seen um, yeah. some of the cars in the full collection. But talk about a little bit of the history of that car. Well, that, yeah, that, that had a little controversy a little it bit. It did. Yeah. It did. On it, uh, Max Hoffman, who was the, original sole importer of Porsches for the United States. Uh, the showroom was on Park Avenue in New York City. Uh, he told Dr. Porsche, Ferry Porsche, in the early 50s uh, that uh, Americans like their cars with names, not just numbers, because Porsche was selling the 356. Six, yeah. So in late 54, Porsche introduced the 356 Continental, and it had the Continental script on the front fender, uh, front fenders, and it was really, for a 356, a luxury uh, model in that it had, uh, you could order it with fitted luggage, uh, it had a deluxe telephone radio, it had a map light uh, inside on the uh, front of the glove compartment, uh, and, and you could order them with a bench seat that was done in a corduroy type lure cloth with leather I mean it was it I, th I don't recall but I think it was over probably three thousand dollars or thirty five hundred dollars in 1955 maybe even four thousand fifty five well they built around 300 of these when they got a letter from the Ford Motor Company basically saying cease and desist we own the trademark Continental and at that point they switched to building that same model call and they called it a European but there are probably around who knows how many left less than 300 continentals out there and the car we're privileged to be caretakers of was the New York auto show car uh, for the New York auto show and it was Max Hoffman's personal car and it, it's uh, it's done in a beautiful azure blue uh, it has all of its original panels it's uh, course matching numbers engine and drivetrain and we cam's team just did a phenomenal job not only in the uh, exterior renovation but recapturing the the uh, interior bench oh, seat yeah. and the fitted elephant hide luggage uh, which even if you open the luggage it has a tartan uh, uh, matching lining liner in it yeah yeah it's uh, <laughs> well when you open the door and i saw that bench seat it <laughs> yeah. I it's, would it's, never. It's really neat. Have guessed I've to so see I've that. never seen yeah, that yeah, at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. And um, it's flat. It's flat as a board too. Yeah, I might add. It it's, is. Uh, yeah. It, it it sits on the floor and it's flat. Yeah. 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 So of course, those of us of my generation, you you wanted that bench seat because your girlfriend could absolutely. sit closer sit right to next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slide on over. Yeah. Here. Yeah. 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 I had a uh, a '67 uh, Plymouth Roadrunner. Ooh. I had a 383 in it and a four-speed and a bench seat. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Those was, were hot cars. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. crazy. It yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then there's a um, there's a Cayman in there that's one of one. Oh, it sure which is. I, but it's got some funny stories behind well, that. Well, it's, it's really a credit to, on to Cam and 
his Rhodes Scholars team. Uh, I like the Caymans. I, I think they're an amazing car. Uh, but we took basically a Cayman, a stock Cayman, and Cam uh, and his team rebodied it basically with carbon fiber. Uh, you can still see the Cayman. It, it looks, but it's called a Cayman GTR. And uh, it's got carbon fiber fenders, uh, hood, deck lid. Uh, it's got a 4.2 liter uh, flat six in it with a sequential six-speed gearbox <laughs> and uh, front splitter out of carbon, rear wing carbon. Uh, it's got Rotiform, I think is the brand name, gold wheels, and it's done in a really dark burgundy color. Yeah. And it's, depending on your taste, I think it's striking. Uh, oh, it looks, yeah. oh, it it looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. I, again, Another situation when you open up the door and you see that sequential shifter in there because it's mechanical and yep. it's sticking out of yep. where you know the regular shifter would be. Right, it looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, and it's a as Owen. I mean, Caymans are you know quick cars. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I'm anxious to see. I think uh, they're coming out uh, sometime next year, or whenever, with a Cayman GT4 RS. I'm eager to see that one. Yeah, it'll I, be it'll be quick. I mean, yeah. it's always been the when the Cayman kind of came on the scene. I oh, can't remember, 2010, maybe somewhere in that range. That, That's right. Uh, I mean, the 911's the granddaddy. Sure. So I kind of look at it. not perform. And everybody's like, oh, well, they always want to compare the two. And I'm like, you can't compare the 911 to the Cayman. I mean, engine's obviously going to handle differently, but the 911's the, the granddaddy. Yeah, of the and, bunch. And, and I think Porsche, being the financial marketers that they are, knows that they don't want to build too many cars that are at a lower price point that are comparable to the 911. Right. Yeah. And Although, it was, it was, I know, you know, Chevy, Ford, you know, Chevrolet in particular, you know, the Camaro couldn't be faster than the Corvette. No. They would not allow it. Yeah. Um, and and, and I did think Porsche that, go through that? I with, think I, my guess is that same mindset. I would imagine. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's probably definitely the case. Yeah. It's a, and it's a, an amazing, how wide are the rear? Do you know what the, what the yeah, width on that th- is? Those are, those are. Big wide tires. I think mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I, I'd have. Well, they're to they're huge. It's they just, are big. Yeah, and it just uh, has that great rear stance. The to stance it. is fantastic. Yeah, it to yeah. me, it's, that's particularly on the uh, on the nine elevens. It's the rear stance, particularly yeah. on the on the wide body truck. Well, I think that. Sit, yeah. Seeing that came in. That was my first impression. Was that it was is that your <laughs> uh, is that it was a little bit it it has that it's reminiscent of a nine eleven in the back end of it. It is. Um, you got to look yeah. kind of closely yeah. to see. And then of course and it's it, got a Lexan cover over the engine, so you can see it. It's awesome. I think the uh, the other thing I would comment on and I, uh, about Porsche as a company, uh, and this I I don't know that I've ever shared the story with Owen, but in ninety eight I was I, I was privileged to be their guest at Le Mans when they won. 98 on their 50th anniversary with Alan McNish and uh, Stefan Ortelli and Aiello uh, in the GT1. And afterwards, I made a trip over to Stuttgart and I had uh, lunch with uh, Dr. Wiedeking, who was the CEO of the company. And while we were having lunch in his office, he they had already introduced the Boxster. And, and it was known that they were going to build the Boxster. This mm-hmm. was 98. But he told me over lunch in confidence that they were going to build an SUV. And I said, really? I said, I said, then I said, and then I said something really stupid. I said, 
Ferrari would never do that. And he says, well, of course Ferrari wouldn't. They don't have to make money. And when you think about today, it's because they he had the wisdom yep. to build not only the Cayenne, but the Panamera, uh, the Macan. Macan. And the reason Porsche can still build GT2 RSs is because they sell Macayans and Macans yeah. and Panameras. And the Panamera that we're sitting yeah. by. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Which is funny enough. So just for our listeners, so they know kind of what's going on here. We're, we're in South Point. Porsche at the dealership and we set up in a delivery room and your son's car is yeah. being delivered today and he's mm-hmm. pounding on the window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fil- filming you. Right yeah. Now. yeah. yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's fantastic. Um, I do. So let's talk a little bit just real quickly sure. here. Um, the 935 and what, what's your plan with that car? Cause it's sitting out here. First of all, it's absolutely stunning in the raw carbon, it, the matte carbon finish just looks amazing. Um, I, I, I actually got the chance to open the door, which weighs next to nothing, which nothing. is you do not expect. Um, can you tell us a little bit about sure. what the plan is with that car? Sure. Uh, Porsche at the last Rennsport two years ago announced that they would build uh, to commemorate their 70th anniversary uh, a, a 935 Heritage, if you will, and they were built 70 of them. Turns out they built 77 because I, my understanding is the seven members of their supervisory board decided they wanted one. Uh, and you, it, it is a not street legal. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically a uh, there's no race series for it. It's basically a GT2 RS club sport yeah. with a different carbon bo- carbon fiber shell, a huge wing. Uh, uh, it's 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 built for race. It's built for the track. Again, it's not street legal. And uh, Jeff Swart, who I suspect m- many of people in your audience know or know of, an eight-time Pikes Peak champion and an incredible photographer, artist, uh, and a close friend. Uh, Jeff and I have been friends for a number of years, and Jeff, as an eight-time winner of Pikes Peak, is going to race that car at Pikes Peak. And uh, uh, this will probably be his last uh, uh, time to race at Pikes Peak. I don't know that, but I think that's the case. And he's coaching, uh, by the way, the Porsche Cayman GT4 team class, yeah, class for yeah. that. But uh, so it'll uh, Pikes Peak has been moved because of the pandemic. From uh, it would originally have been at the end of June. It's now the end of August. And fingers crossed, uh, that car will be at Pikes Peak with Jeff Swart driving it. And I'm, I this will be my first time to go to Pikes Peak uh, to see the hill climb. And I'm, I'm really eager to see see the car run up the hill. Yeah, the yeah. the livery on that car, the, the even the way they did the the decals for you on yeah. that, it just because it's kind of ghosted in there. They're the same color as the carbon, yeah. and it looks fantastic. Well, we did, we we had a we had a decision to make because you can again at extra cost, they will wrap the car in one of their historic liveries, yeah. like a martini. That's how they it was a martini livery, I think. Yeah, at, yeah, Sport. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. That's right, Owen. It was, and the more we thought about it, while those are historic liveries. I had seen, not that car, but I had seen some of the carbon fiber in the raw, and I think it it, it, it has kind of an evil look to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially yeah. the way it's set up with yeah. the – and the, 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 the wheels that are on it right now are delivery. Delivery, spec. with transport yeah. wheels. It still yeah. looks phenomenal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. yeah. But when it gets done with Pikes Peak, you know, I'll, I'll exercise I'm, that I'm, car. I, again, BIR. that, 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 that – <laughs> uh, Owen, I'll take you up on that. that. You know, that car particularly, a car like that, 
should not sit. Oh, and no. the fact that it is not street legal means that we need to find opportunities way. at a place like VIR to put it on the track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm fortunate to drive some of your stuff yeah, there. Yeah, so we're, you're doing us a favor, Owen. <laughs> what, I mean, when's that car planning on leaving? Um, I think the plan is now that Jeff will take it out uh, probably sometime this this next month in, okay. June, in June. And uh, I think they'll do some fine-tuning of the car. And then I think there is a time, I'm not sure exactly what the dates are, that they can practice on the on the, on the, on the, on the mountain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you start at roughly 9,300 feet elevation, and you finish at over 14,000. And it's all paved now as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah which... And I think when they do the... When they practice, I've seen a little bit about Pikes Peak, and um, they don't they don't practice all the way to the top. They they go Is the that first. Right? Yeah, I, I believe so. It's and, like halfway, and then they yeah. do the next half. Yeah, I mean, and then they go. Yeah. I, I, I again, this will be my first time. I've learned through Cam, that, and you saw some of these cars today. And we have we're for, we have a nine hundred four and a nine hundred six nine hundred six e, and a lot of the nine hundred sixes and and nine hundred fours were built for hill climbs in Europe. And they'd, they'd have hill climb championships in Europe. Yeah. And uh, uh, I guess, if you will, Pikes Peak is our hill climb championship. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. yeah. I've never been to that either. I think that would be interesting to go yeah. to go see that. Because I've driven up Pikes Peak. I actually drove up it, and my dad had a 71 Ford F100 pickup truck with a stick in it. I got oh, to yeah. the top, carbureted, and it wouldn't start. Oh, of course. Oh. That air's thin up there. <laughs> yeah. I had to. We, we had to roll it down the hill. Oh to get my gosh! Yeah, it, it, was, it was a little. We, I've done the. Because that uh, was when it was gravel. Oh yeah. Back in the, yeah. I've done the Colorado Grand a couple of times, and the rule on the Grand is it needs to be a 1960 or earlier car, mm-hmm. and so I'm driving 356s, and when you get up in the Rocky, uh, up in the some of those higher points in the Rockies, you need to have some extra carburetor jets in your. Kid yeah, because the air gets pretty thin up there. Oh, mm-hmm. big time! I, I've been up there a long time ago, yep. and it, I, I think I lasted 30, 45 minutes up there. And it's like, okay, yeah, I need to oh, go back. Yeah. I need to go back down. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like I've been yeah. up there a while. It, it gives you an appreciation for the new, the new computer fuel injected. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can pressurize it, you throw a turbo on there, and you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. But uh, yeah. naturally aspirated, they die. They come out yeah. wheezing oh, at the top. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, that yep. that's gonna be so cool to see that car in yeah. the black. Oh, I think it looks mean. I'm in it the does. carbon it black. Does. So uh, my wife says it's a like it's 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 a Batmobile or Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. will will Pikes Peak? Are they planning to to use that car in any kind of promotional or because it, it's significant I, for Porsche? I, I I I don't know their plan exactly. I wouldn't be surprised that Porsche. I wouldn't either. It w- will use it in some way promotionally, particularly if if Jeff is fortunate and. Yep. good enough to win and you know i'm sure they'll uh, take advantage of that that'd be um well i can't wait to see that oh. and get my hands there you go there you go after i'm ready for the again, fall i mean they, they, <laughs> as it comes back we'd yeah. be we'd be again you know, we'd be it's it, you're doing us and the car a favor when particularly a car like that because it's not going to get driven on the street because it's not legal no because uh, tell our listeners you actually you've driven it just a little bit i, I drove it a couple a couple of miles but uh, it was a Early Sunday morning with nobody around, and <laughs> and, it, and it was on the transport wheels, so I was yeah. I was, <laughs> which are like I didn't tires. I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't hurt the car at all. <laughs> no, that, that's that's so cool. Yeah. Um, one thing you've got, uh, you talked about in '98 when you went over for Lamar, 
and, and you found out secretly about the SUV coming, is there any stories that now publicly that you can tell that because Porsche is so tight? I mean, so you guarded, go, yeah. Oh, they you go over there and it's like uh, you can't go in that room. Is there something out there that you know a story you know, that you other know, than the SUV uh, that well, you've been over to see? One of the one of my I, I've been fortunate to be in Stuttgart multiple times. And I went over to watch our 918 being built, and it was amazing to me. Uh, the production line for the 918 was the top floor uh, of the Workswan building. And to see the craftsmanship that they put, uh, it was basically from the time they started until the time the car finished. It would take almost two weeks. Uh, it's a very, you know, there's a lot of technology in that car. Right. And, uh, of course, the, the, for any of your listeners who haven't been there, I would, even if you're not into Porsches, uh, you should visit the Porsche Museum in Stuttgart. It's in Zuffenhausen, uh, a suburb of Stuttgart. It's amazing. The, the architecture itself is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And they also have, uh, if you like steak, probably the best steakhouse in all of Europe at the top. It's called Christophorus. And they, they have a magazine, uh, same name. And Dr. Wiedekind, when he was the CEO, and uh, the legend is that he, he built the museum so he could have a steakhouse. And, uh, <laughs> and he actually sent a team from Porsche to America for a month. And their challenge or their assignment was to go to all the top 10 or 12, whatever the number, steakhouses and take notes. And so they bring in the beef from Kansas or somewhere. Uh, I mean, it is phenomenal. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's not a low cholesterol evening, but it's uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> worth, worth going it's, for. Oh, it is. And, and, and again, just the history, uh, it, it's well worth it. Uh, and then when they were building your, your 918, can you tell us a little bit about the color choice on that car? Sure. Uh, my wife loves purple. And uh, when we ordered our 993 Turbo S, it was they made 100, 182 of them for the U.S. market. It's the run out of the 993 uh, series. Uh, it's basically a turbo. Tur it's the twin turbo, but with a little bit more horsepower and so a little bit different body treatments. Uh, we sent them a chip of a certain Porsche of a certain purple, dark purple, and uh, they pretty much matched it. And then what we did when we spec'd our 918, I said, I'd like to have that same color. And they were, I will say, kind enough with the appropriate extra charge to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, to paint that. Yeah. But you're not going to see that car no. coming because it's not ultraviolet, which are, you know, Porsche it, people will know it's that called color. called Viola Metallic. And it's, you it, will it, not I, see well, that Well, I don't know. They, uh, that I, to our knowledge, no, there's not any more 918s built that right. in that color. It's it's a unique color in that it depends on how the light hits the car. It can look black. Oh, it's very dark. Dark, and, yeah. and then depending on how the light hits the car, you pick up the purple hues. Yeah. And I, we were chatting. I think my personal view. I think the acid green brake calipers and background on the emblems actually accents the car well. Yeah. I think it makes it, it really jumps off yeah. of that color. Yeah. yeah it's really yeah. cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. It is neat. Yeah. Is there, um, so they built the 918 a couple of years ago. Do you feel that they're, and I don't know this, I mean, I obviously work for Porsche and do some stuff, but is there another supercar coming that, you know, you think in their future? Well, I, I, I don't know, but I'd be shocked if the answer isn't yes at some point, Owen. I yeah. mean, uh, it, these are halo cars, right. uh, the 959, the Carrera GT, the 918. And I think when you're a company that 
has built its brand on sports cars, albeit now selling Macans, mm-hmm. Dianes, Panameras. I think every whatever, well, you think about it, the 959 was 87, 88, the Carrera GT was 2004, 5, and the 918 was 2014. So, you know, I think you'll see, so we can do the math, we're now six years yeah i guess that's what i was asking you see like it that car is old enough yeah i would think i would think that it's not unlikely that in the next three to four years five years and you know you think about it what would be a a a coincidental time maybe at the next ren sport ren sport number six seven seven i think yeah uh and i i don't know that they've announced when that's going to be but uh you know say it's two 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 thousand twenty three I wouldn't be surprised if that wouldn't be an appropriate launch uh, of a special car, just like that 935. That's yeah. 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 And kind of explained, I've been yeah. to Rensport. I mean, kind of explain to our listeners what Rensport is, because they've heard us probably talk about it in a couple of episodes, yeah. and I don't think I've explained it, um, but you can do a much better well, job than I, I can. I don't know. Rensport in German means racing. Uh, uh, Portion with their heritage in motorsports. Uh, and and a real credit here goes to God rest his soul, a gentleman yeah. named Bob Carlson. I knew Bob, yeah, yeah with, who yeah, you knew, yeah. and who really was a tremendous PR marketing person for Porsche North America. And it was really a gathering. The first one was at Lime Rock uh, of Porsches uh, and Porsche people, yep. and particularly focused on motorsports. And uh, the first one was Lime Rock. The next. Two, I believe, were Daytona, and then the last three have been in uh, Laguna Seca uh, near Monterey. And uh, this last one that they had, I believe, over a four-day period, they had over eighty thousand people come from all over the world. Oh, yeah. And to Porsche's credit, they bring back those drivers, uh, drivers like a Vic Elford, a Brian Redman, a Derek Bell, a Hurley Haywood. Uh, you know, uh, Hans Hermann, uh, the, the legends who built their brand in motorsports. And, and you can talk with these drivers. You'll, they'll sign autographs. And it's basically a four- or five-day uh, Porsche uh, Lollapalooza, I guess. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And then they do it at Laguna Seca, which, as you know, is a really good racetrack. And they have the historic, so they'll mm-hmm. have nine seventeens running. They'll have oh, yeah. you know three fifty sixes running. Uh, they have different classes. Uh, Patrick Long will be there. Uh, I mean, they bring back uh, everybody. And then last year, uh, this last Rensport, they had the nine nineteen hybrid Le Mans winner. Yeah, and. I, I think that was it, the Evo car. I think yeah, too. Yeah, they, yeah. They, and, they, and they it went to did, different tracks trying yeah, to set it, track and it did, and it did some, you know exhibition laps yeah. and the Nerve sound of that game. was awesome yeah. yeah but it's a phenomenal even well if you're a porsche guy or gal you gotta go i mean it's 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 memorable. i think if you're just a car person yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I attended the ones at daytona and um yeah it's just unbelievable some yeah. of the stuff they bring over from stuttgart and oh yeah to see it just go around the track and and, it's unbelievable. and i hope that porsche i mean they're a company like every company has to be successful financially i just hope that uh they never lose that uh, that appreciate. I've I've spent my career professionally working for public companies, uh, 
most all in the pharmaceutical industry, and I've sat on several boards of big public companies in other industries. I don't know of any other brand that uh, that has sustained over 70 years the passion and the brand loyalty among their customer base that Porsche has. I mean, it's phenomenal. It is. And I just yeah. hope they never take that for granted. Uh, you just hope that there's always car people running that company. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. yeah. Well, don't you, don't you find, or at least, and of course you would know this way better than I ever would, but you know, Porsche listens to their customers and um, you know, they the 911 R when they put yep. the, you know, a manual transmission yep. back in that yep. uh, the customers wanted it. Yep. And yep. so they did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I think Porsche does understand that, you know, uh, a Porsche, a Porsche is for a lot of people and understand it's, it's a major event in their life when they buy their first Porsche. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 uh, so I think, I mean, I, I'm very impressed with the leadership of Porsche now. Uh, certainly, Klaus Zellmer, who leads the U.S. business, is one of the most remarkable executives I've met. Detlef von Plot running global marketing and sales, phenomenal. Uh, Dr. Bloom, their CEO. Uh, it's it's a very impressive leadership team. Well, they're, they're clearly doing the right they're, things. Yeah. And, and, you know, because Porsche is, I mean, everybody knows Porsche, but it, it, it's one thing when there's, you just know it because of the history, but I mean, they're really making a, a strong marketing yeah. push. And, yeah. and, and I, I think it's great that, uh, you know, you see a lot of the young uh, new Porsche buyers start out buying a Macan right. or a Cayenne mm-hmm. and uh, a certain percentage of them, uh, a, that'll be their second car and they'll either already have, or eventually they'll buy a 911. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's an aspirational yeah. vehicle that, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. So, so we kind of go, um, I guess a question for you is that you talked earlier about you like driving some of the older stuff. What's the one that it's a great day that we're here yeah. in Raleigh Durham yeah. that it's a Saturday. If you're going to go to cars and coffee, not that you're picking a favorite, I'm going to ask you really to do that, but you're going to say, I'm going to go out and drive this well, one out of the collection I, today. I, 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 it, depending on how hot it is. Uh, it's the best day ever. It's okay. Good. <laughs> you know, either way. Well, then I would, pro- I, I would probably, I would probably pick uh, one of the 356 speedsters uh, if it's not raining because even though they have tops, they're yeah, they're not they're not really yeah rain no. preventers. No, uh, uh, or I'd pick one of the early 911s uh, or the 912. I love the I love the long hood uh, the, the the ones from 65 up through 73 uh, are my favorites. So you know the one that I saw today that really struck me was over at the at the shop was. That the seventy two super light, uh, the I've se- read a lot about those and seen some stuff, and they're really yeah. desirable. Now right the seventy three RS uh, Carrera, yeah, lightweight Carrera, the white blue, the white and blue. blue. Oh, yeah. is that seventy three? Sorry, yeah, yeah. In in nineteen seventy three, Porsche made fifteen hundred and ninety one, I believe, uh, uh, Carrera two point seven RSs. Two hundred of them were lightweights. Today you saw uh, one of the two hundred lightweights. We have a lightweight and a touring, and, uh, and that's that's part of the collection. That car yeah, is part of your collection. Yeah. What, so what was going on in the shop with that car? Oh, uh, there's just servicing. Okay, it. yeah, it's, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's that would that would be my choice. Yeah, that'd be your choice. It was a that is a cool car. It's it's, it's a cool car, and it's uh, 
you know, when the person initially they made 500 thinking they might not even sell 500, and those 500 went like that. Right. Then they made another 500, and then they made a third 500. <laughs> they all went. <laughs> yeah, they all, yeah. yeah. Well, one that's, I, I don't know how close it resembles the lightweight, but it was kind of cool. We saw two of them is the Trans Am, which yeah. they're, they're called Trans Am cars here. And they're called. It's not, not the Pontiac Trans Am. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah. In 1968, Porsche made 28 uh, 911L light, light sports, they called them over there sport lights here they sometimes call trans am and we're privileged to have one in our collection and then cam's shop was working on uh, another one uh, today that uh, is for another customer and they're great cars to drive i mean they're uh, factory roll cages yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know you can see the this the, the, the speedster type seats brought very spartan uh, but they're fantastic cars to drive and, and the one in your collection actually has some race history. It does. Yeah. It won the, it won its class in the Sports Car Club of America back in '68. Yeah, which that's when the SCCA was like that was big. Oh, that was that, it. That, yeah. that was that was the IMSA of yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because you watch Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. That's where yeah. you know. Um, I, you, I the start think that movie was SCCA racing. That's right. And I, I love that movie for a lot of reasons. But I, I mean, I love the uh, the racetrack scenes, and and if you paid attention to it as most of us who went to, I mean, you could see 906s, oh, 904s, yeah. 910s. Right. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's the golden age of motor racing, but it was certainly one of the great times in motor racing. It's pretty cool. I, in some regard, I wish I'd have grown up racing in that those days. I'm kind of, I mean, I'll, I'm very fortunate to be doing what I'm doing, but man, that was like a driver's. I mean, I, I like to work on the cars, and I like to drive, and it's like you really had to. I think you had to drive. I think the major difference on that I've appreciated is not only the cars are faster, but they're safer. Yep. I mean, uh, today, yeah, driver safety, as it should be, is a primary point of emphasis. No, it is for and sure. I marvel at, uh, and Vic Elford, uh, Brian Redman are dear friends, and they built the brand for Porsche. But they risked their lives and oh, yeah. weren't paid a lot of money in those days no. to do that. And, and I think this quote came from, and maybe it's Derek Bell. I could be completely wrong, and maybe it's not even close. But you talk about Ren Sport win, like Derek Bell and Vic and all yep. these folks come there. That it, it's like they were some, it, some type of quote of where they were so privileged that they got to drive Porsche because Porsche made them right. made their names. That's right. And it's not like you know, oh well. They, these guys, they won a bunch of races, but they were felt so privileged because they got to drive a yep. Porsche. And I, I, I'm fortunate enough to be super good friends with Hurley Haywood. And Hurley's yeah. like, I always made sure I picked a Porsche yeah. at the beginning because I knew it was going to get to get the there end. in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They may not be the fastest car, car at the start, but they're there at the end. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought that was interesting that they kind of reflected that, right. you know, Porsche made them a right. superstar. Right. And look that way. Well, so. I think it was a mutually beneficial relationship i mean clearly porsche they got a car that was dependable fast etc but porsche also got some drivers with not only incredible skill but amazing courage uh, to do mm-hmm. that i mean when i think of vic elford and brian redmond driving 917s 200 plus miles an hour in le mans with their feet out in front of the front front axle i, I just i, I shudder I, yeah, fuel tanks right yeah, here. Yeah, right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those they, um, it, it, I've heard it said, you know, before, and I don't know where that demarcation line would be. The the era where you drove the car 
and then it it kind of transitioned into where the car Our pro view. Yeah, you were really just you know showing it where to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was dangerous. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know the safety aspect oh. of it. So, yeah. yeah, the guys that that made it through that era, kudos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just dangerous. That's why. I be <laughs> uh, yeah, but you wouldn't race it uh, today. I mean, no, there's would no you way get that. Yeah, I, I mean, I would get in the 906 or 904 for them to go around. Sure. But, oh oh uh, yeah, yeah, right. I probably would. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I, no, I love racing. And, and, so. I, I, and I would yeah, say, I would. I get it. Okay. Actually, I, I think if those older cars are prepped appropriately and in the hands of a professional like yourself, yeah. out on not rubbing fenders, so to speak, but out on a track in your hands. I think you can you can take them to their limit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mainly because the, not just the value of those cars, but the, the fragility of those cars. Right. I mean, they're they're either depending on the era we're talking about, they're either aluminum or fiberglass, and they're brittle. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how small? Like the the nine hundred four. We haven't talked it's that small. much. I mean, how small? Yeah, they're tiny. I mean, just yeah. You you. You know, I fit in it, but I, I can't imagine. And again, I I have such appreciation for the physical conditioning today of professional racers. I can't imagine being in those cars for three and four hours oh, in a stint. Hurley laughs yeah. at me at yeah. times because he's like, "All right, this is you know, I used to drive when <laughs> right. you only yeah. had oh, yeah. two drivers yeah. at Lamar yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah. now you guys yeah. have like five or four. Like, yeah. Back on, when yeah. men were men. <laughs> men. <laughs> I'm like, no, Hurley, I, I'm that kind of guy. What? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, and Hurley, Hurley, who's a dear, dear friend, and uh, and again, what an ambassador for Porsche and for Brumos. I mean, yeah, uh, you think of the legendary dealerships in in America. Across all brands, and Brumos has to be in the top two or three. You know, it's synonymous with Porsche. It is. I mean, it's one of those things where, and you, Dan and uh, Hurley, obviously, they sold to a, another um, dealership. Fields family out of Chicago. Yeah, and so now it's Porsche of Jacksonville. Yep. But, um, and I was fortunate, I've talked about this in other episodes. I was fortunate enough to work for Hurley at the Brumos driving experience and worked actually the last one that we had before Fields took over. But, it's like the brand. I mean, it was such a sad day. I mean, I just I understood why it's an era that it had to happen. Sure, but it's just like, oh my gosh, yeah. like this. This is what we knew. Um, and that livery, Brumos. that red, white, and blue livery, will always be synonymous with Brumos. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because we talked about this yesterday a little bit too. Um, you know, and and I've talked about this in the past about you know dealerships and specifically Porsche because they do. You know, and you provide the the driving, you know, the Ingram driving experience and that kind of thing. And a lot of dealerships don't don't do that. They don't have that kind of engagement yeah. in that manner. Yeah, I think I think credit in my in our case, credit really goes to Mr. H. Rick Hendrick, who, of course, is a racer himself, and you know, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, very successful NASCAR team. Uh, uh, but Rick understands that a Porsche is synonymous with motorsports, and, right? And uh, and his dealership here. It's a terrific dealership. It's been one of the 25 premier dealerships every year since it opened. Uh, it's in a good market. You know, mm -hmm. this is a growing market like Nashville is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I think I think they understand that they have they host the first Saturday of every month. They host a cars and coffee here at this dealership. Oh, do they? Yeah, and they'll get on most Saturdays 100 plus Porsches. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 nice. Yeah, I can't thank you both enough. This yeah. So what this, else? Yeah, I'll, I'll do a kind of a quick please. wrap. We'll, we'll wrap up and because um, I know we've 
we run. We I got, think I think they're ready. To they're, close. I was going to say, I think Michael they want to deliver the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll kind of. I think they're ready. I'll, to close. I'll, I'll do a quick countdown, then we'll we'll wrap okay. it up. So five, four, three, two, and uh, Mr. Ingram, I think we're gonna you know let you go here because I think Michael wants his car yeah. that we're yeah. actually holding him back um, for getting. But I can't thank you enough for the tour today and spending some time here with us talking about the collection. And um, I guess I'll just leave us one last question that you don't have right now that you're a caretaker of. Is there something out there that you want to add to the collection at some point here in the next year or so? Well, first of all, I want to thank you and Donovan and Michael. This has been a pleasure for me just to have this time to talk about uh, our mutual passion. Uh, and I've always enjoyed uh, being with you on at the track. Uh, I remember that they often quoted Dr. Porsche saying his his favorite Porsche is the next one. Yep. Uh, we have the speedster coming. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, I, I I I hope I'm around when they build the next Halo car. Mm -hmm. And if they do, uh, and I'm still alive, and and uh, and I'm fortunate to be able to get one, that would be one I'd look forward to. But we. We have, I don't count the car. I mean, we have, and I couldn't couldn't do it without Rory and Cam and the team. Uh, we have our hands full make, making sure that the collection as is uh, is properly taken care of and, and preserved and, and exercised. So once the new Speedster gets here, I think, you know, that's probably, uh, uh, unless they come out with a Halo car and I'm still around, I'll probably probably uh, or, or until the phone rings and somebody yeah, says yeah. well yeah. yeah i mean that's we Can just take bought, care of this one we just yeah. bought the, we just bought the 906 e yeah. it's one of six factory works 906 yeah. e's and i had not planned i'd always wanted one and a dear friend of mine uh, has had the car for 21 years and he's 89 years old and he said he wanted he says if you don't buy it i'm not selling it so yeah. uh, well again and i want to thank you for, for your generosity of your time especially because i know it's not easy to to carve time out and, uh, uh, and we, we really really appreciate the time you know today and and letting us see the collection and and sharing that with us i enjoyed us. it i enjoyed it it was fantastic thank so you. thank you thank you thank you very much thank my you. pleasure appreciate it. thanks all right guys hope everybody enjoyed mr bob ingram from the ingram collection i sure did it was awesome to go see uh even though i've gotten to see that collection several times um Donovan, your first experience there as we finish up this two-part series. Yeah, give me some of your thoughts on it. You know, it. I I never know what to expect, right? You go into a situation, and you know, I've never met Mr. Ingram, and and so for me, it was you know, I I go in there flying blind, and again, the relationships, the generosity of his time, and you know, with us, spending time with us, showing us the cars, having the, the conversation, sharing that with, you know, with us and with our listeners, that to me just speaks volumes to the character, you know, not just Mr. Ingram, but, you know, all of these, these guests that we have on, you know, our, our podcast are always just so generous with their time, uh, you know, and their knowledge. It is, um, it's a, it's a lot of fun to, to, to be there. Uh, you know, and the great thing about it is, you know, the collection is, is growing and evolving and in changing all the time. We can always go back <laughs> around too. Right. We can, we can. 
Yeah, we definitely can make that trip. Yeah, so it's a short short trip from from Nashville. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we'll yeah we'll definitely make that trip again because there's I'm sure there's a lot more conversation there that that could be had, um, for sure. Yeah, no, I've always enjoyed going there and seeing kind of what's changing and and uh, we've talked about doing. Uh, so we talked, he talked about Rory Ingram. So Rory kind of manages the collection on where the cars are going. And I need to kind of push Rory a little bit maybe on this, but we talked about doing a drive from Raleigh Durham because he, he's got some connections here in Nashville with some of the car stuff that's going on and doing a drive. And maybe, maybe we can kind of make that happen. The driving life sort of documents that trip um, from the Raleigh area back to Nashville. And, you know, for a weekend, you know, show to show some of the cars and, that would be cool. So I, I need to make, see if I can pull some strings and we can kind of get on that maybe in the fall or something, but yeah, sometime soon, be. some, some sometimes soon, that would be really neat. To do. No, absolutely. You know, and the thing about that is that drive. So, uh, you know, going to Raleigh Durham and, you know, up into that part of the country, there's a, from Nashville, there's a couple of different ways you can go. I'm, I'm always in a hurry, <laughs> you know, to get there. And I, yeah. I try to drive all the time. I really want to get off the highway. And, you know, and you and I talked about this when we were up there, actually, about how beautiful that country is. And, and the drive, even even on the interstate, it's still pretty, but it's nothing like when you get off the on, off the beaten path and get onto a, a two-lane highway. And when you've got a group of cars and you're all going and you're all driving, you're having fun, you're stopping off, you know, at the, the mom-and-pop restaurants and, and gas stations and that, yeah, we got to make that happen for sure. That would be spectacular. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna full full court press that and try to see if we can get that done. You know, I'm hopeful in the fall. But, you know, it may may take us a year's time to make that work, but right. we'll we'll definitely have that out there as a uh, you know sort of a bucket list item that we need to to do because Roy brought it up to me, so it's something that's on their radar to do, and we could definitely take some cool cars and and bring them back here, and they could show them off, and then you know get them back to Raleigh. But, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would. We'll I'd love to be you know, involved and, and help coordinate that. That'd be a, that'd be a blast. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's some cool things maybe coming with the Ingram collection, but I yeah. uh, hope you guys enjoyed Mr. Ingram and um, definitely check them out on social media at Ingram collection is their Instagram account where they post some stuff there. And uh, guys definitely tune in next week because I, I'd say we've got a pretty cool guest that you know a way more than I do. I mean, I know a lot about him, but you know way more because he was more in your era. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, um, you know, again, in this doing what we're doing and, you know, the relationships and Bob talks about this in the podcast and, and we, we talk about it all the time, but I just, I can't stress it, stress it enough, you know, the relationships and you meet somebody and they're like, Oh, you need to talk to, you know, this person and they're, you know, they're a big fan and they're a big car guy or, you know, enthusiast or whatever. Um, so we had somebody, uh, you know, reach out and say, Hey, listen, I think you should really talk to John Oates. Um, big car guy, very, you know, very astute, uh, knowledgeable, um, fan of the automobile. And we're like, sure, let's make that happen. And so sure enough, that's, uh, that's who's going to be on the show next week. And man, you know, yeah, my era listening to Hall and Oates, uh, 83, 84, 85, when I was in high school, you know, they were winning awards and, but he, he's been in music for 50 years, 40, 40 plus years as a professional. It's just, 
uh, you know, astounding. And then, and then for him and his passion for cars and what he does, cause you know, it's not just so much, you know, like the rock star buying a Ferrari type, you know, situation or whatever that might be. Um, I mean, he's a driver, uh, you know, he, he judges, you know, some of the most prestigious shows, uh, you know, in the world. Um, you know, he builds cars. I mean, he's very, very knowledgeable and wow. What a, what a lot of fun to, what a conversation that was. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it was a lot of fun folks and we'll, we'll intro that next week, but definitely tune in. Uh, that'll be, you know, next Thursday is when that's going to be out yep. uh, with, with Mr. John Oates and, uh, hope everybody has a great week take care of each other love each other and uh subscribe tell your friends about it and if you're joining it leave some comments about us um but because we love what we're what we're doing and bringing to everybody and uh look forward to talking to everybody next week sounds good owen appreciate you brother no problem man all right we'll talk to you later